This is Michael Oku, and you are listening to Wrestle It. Hello, everyone, and welcome to July's episode of the Pure Vision podcast. I am Jamie, and as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts. First, they are our Dragon Gate expert, Kay. How are you? <laughs> I'm very, very stressed because it's currently uh, exam season, and I'm also very curious uh, about this microphone rumbling that I'm hearing. Is there a microphone storm coming? <laughs> Ooh, hopefully, it's not mine because we, we, I've had problems <laughs> before, and it doesn't oh, go wow. down well. <laughs> um, but also with us, as always, we have our All Japan admirer, Ben, how are you? I am I'm very well. I've just finished admiring some All Japan and it, it's hard <laughs> not to be happy after you've done some of that. So all's good over in my world. I mean, someone has to, doesn't they? So, um, well, no one else has the already. time. <laughs> we've been in not even two minutes and you're already slagging me. I'm not. It was barely one, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Give, give me a bit, bit of time before you start going into all this. Well, I, I, I'm. it's something I'm looking forward to us talking about because it's not something I've had time to get round to this month because it has been a stupidly busy month. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if it just feels like it is more than usual, but all the tournaments are happening and everyone seems to be having a big show and there's so much to talk about. So we won't... <laughs> Oh, yeah, long. it's going to be a busy month when you decide to watch all the G1 shows. Yeah, for some this, wild reason. This it, it, it's a regrettable decision. It has to be said. Um, it's still a decision you've made, though. We are six shows in, and I am beginning to regret that decision. Um, yeah, not my finest moment. But we'll we'll come to my varying thoughts on the just varying quality G1. Um, yeah, but I think the best place to start is maybe the, the most exciting thing going on um, in rest at the minute with DDT and their Wrestle Peter Pan show from Sunday the 23rd of July. And we'll start with the main event, the big talking point. We have a new KOD Openweight Champion and it's Chris Brooks. Yeah, I definitely think like that was a, that was a really emotional moment for him, right? Like he he's talked before um, about how basically right when the pandemic started, he had to you know face a choice like basically leave uh, the life he knew behind and stay in Japan or you know get stuck in England for for the time being. And he uh, he decided to stay in Japan and uh, stay with DDT. And I think like this match is sort of where that has emotionally paid off for him. I think that was a really beautiful moment. Yeah, it's kind of really the sort of just feel-good moment that you really watch wrestling hoping to see. It's such a nice moment for him, and it's so incredibly well-deserved. Like, you can't watch that and just not feel all warm and fuzzy inside and just feel so happy for him. He really deserves it. Yeah, I really liked also, you know, how the upper DDT roster members hugged him at the end. Like even Shunma, who has like a comedic feud with that's go that goes back years uh, over, I think Shunma getting him banned from Twitter at one point. Um, it, like even they hugged at the end. <laughs> it was a very like it was a very sort of happy ending uh, like moment. I think like the match itself um, was for me sort of more okay. Uh, and that, like that, that moment was like the the fact that Chris won to me was 
sort of more important than the match itself was. Yeah, I mean, I I quite enjoyed the match actually. As we um, sort of pivot to that, I I thought it was quite a nice like dynamic of Chris Brooks having his more technical style, which he really showed um, with his submissions and Yuji Hino just being that he's just a beast, isn't he? Like that that powerhouse sort of mentality. Um, and I, I did think that sort of played in uh, quite nicely as like the story of the match, um, and especially towards the end. I mean, I disclaimer uh, alert forgot that this show was happening, right? And we'll come to that as we get to the G1 and another bad decision I made relating to the G1. Um, but, yeah, so I didn't know that... I forgot this show was on. I don't know how. But So I knew Chris Brooks had won um, when I watched it. But even still, during that the last few minutes of the match, I was sort of on the edge of my seat, really willing him on. Um, and I think that's sort of like the sign of a, a very well-told story. And that's what, for me, I thought it was great. Um, a great match and a great story they told with that. Um, sort of like the, the difference in their styles. Yeah, I mean, you even had neither universe, maybe not the universe's biggest Hino fan, but you know, a considerably large Hino fan. Mm-hmm. Even I was there, just completely cheering him on. I just, he really did. What I feel like if he didn't win, I actually probably would have been quite sad. <laughs> even though I do prefer the re- the wrestler he's facing, <laughs> I still wanted him to come out on top, which is, you know that's a very impressive thing to be able to achieve in wrestling. Yeah, it was a proper catch-22, wasn't it? It was like, we love both of them. And they um, <laughs> they were like, it's like, who do you want to win? But yeah, we said at the time when he won the um, the King of DDT that he had to win the title. And um, it's definitely that crowning moment, isn't it? And he deserves it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, like the... Um... It, it was like it was still sort of very emotional for me what i think was the case of the match itself is that the match was relatively slow um so, <laughs> so that's probably why why i didn't like super get into it but i do think it was like great at conveying that same sort of emotional narrative right that was also the larger scale narrative of um of Chris basically like fighting against the odds uh, and beating the odds in the end and you know being rewarded for his efforts. Like I think in that case the match really represented you know <laughs> his larger story in DDT. Yeah, definitely. And that's the that's the thing with Chris Brooks, isn't it? He really sort of showed himself. Uh, as he always does, he always he always looks great, doesn't he, in the ring. Um and yeah, it's just yeah, a, it was a really nice moment, wasn't it? I thought, and that's like sort of the, I know it's like the WWE mentality, so it's a lovely moment, but it just was, I thought, and it like especially seeing if, like his hard work's been rewarded and like he took a risk on himself leaving there. He could have gone in twenties to UK when that was all setting up, and he decided mm-hmm. instead he'd stick um, with the uh, the Japanese route, and it's really come good for him, and it's. It's one of those moments where you think you look um, at his career and like the choices he's made, and you think he's really got he's really got what he deserves in terms of like that getting that big um, title win, and hopefully he can have a bit of a title run rather than so like a short burst. But hopefully it's a bit more um, of a long term thing for him. Yeah, I mean, all too often you see people kind of, you know, I wouldn't say their choices not pay off, but you know they sort of sit there and they don't they don't get these moments. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to say is like, he, 
it should not be understated how special it is for him to actually get this moment. And so, yeah, that sort of makes it extra sweet and know that it's not like a guaranteed thing in wrestling, but you're going to have your hard work paid off, even though it's scripted, even though it's predetermined. You'd think, you know, you could get those, you know, you're likely to have your moment in the sun, but not everyone does. So it's so great that he can actually then get that chance where this does finally pay off it's yeah i mean i feel like we said the words nice moment a lot but i mean what what else is there to say about it really it's just one of the loveliest things i can remember seeing in the past few years at least yeah that's definitely it and it's such a it's just a nice yeah we just keep saying moment don't we but this is what it is isn't it? it's just such a lovely thing to see him get um that big headline spot and get the title uh, and win it at such a big show as well. It's like it's, um, DDT is one of their biggest shows of the year. Um, it's nice to see him on top of that. Um, but it was quite a good show overall. I thought the matches I saw, I've, I've not, I didn't sit through it all. Um, it's a very long show, this one. Um, <laughs> but has anybody seen Matt Cardona, another new champion? I'm sure just, if not even more exciting than Chris Brooks winning the title. <laughs> Um, <laughs> because I, I did skip this match, so I will uh, lend authority to whoever has seen this match. Um, I didn't see all of it. Uh, what I saw, like, wasn't my cup of tea, uh, let's say. <laughs> so I decided to not watch the rest. Like, Endo, Endo did a great job, as usual. Uh, I like Endo, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Endo enough, though, to praise Matt Cordona? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you clearly love him enough to actually watch this match, which is more than what me and Jamie have done. So, hey, look. Maybe... Yeah, definitely. Does this technically make you the biggest Matt Cardona fan here? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to go to a show... Uh, and the main event was Will Ospreay versus Matt Cardona. I was like, well, I'm just not going to go because <laughs> I don't want to watch a Matt Cardona main event. It'd be like, it'd be an excuse to leave early. You'd, like, you'd watch Will Ospreay come out and be like, well, I'm just going to go home now just because I'm not... Like, it's Matt Cardona. I, mean, I really don't understand how he's got this gig for starters and how, he's, how has he won the title? <laughs> it makes no sense in my brain. Um, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder is a champion in DDT. Um... The mind boggles, I think. Um, well, I do hope that maybe Maki takes it off him. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the, the match they've announced, isn't it? Him uh, versus Maki Ito. Um, I'll try and track down a date for that. But that's what do we think about that? It's quite an interesting direction for them to go. Yeah. I'm very much of the opinion I hope Maki wins as well. But... <laughs> Oh yeah, dear, we've got some time. Like, it's the twenty fourth of September. We've got some time to wait. Um, 24th of September. Goodness maybe that's me. the next. Maybe that's the next time he'll be in Japan, um, <laughs> which would not surprise me. Um, oh, don't you love outsiders having titles? That's always <laughs> great fun. Especially when the outsider is Matt Cardona. Like at least when it was New Japan, <laughs> it was Kenny Omega, and it was like, yeah, we've not seen the US titles disappear, but yeah, it's on Kenny Omega. It's fine. It's, it's Matt Cardona. <laughs> at least it's I mean, on an interesting wrestler that we're still yeah. watching. Yeah, honestly, yeah. So, 
Um, if it doesn't be more interesting, some interesting investors, well, one interesting investor in this one, El Desperado uh, against Daisuke Suzaki. I mean, I'm quite low on Daisuke Suzaki, just as like a general opinion. Um, but I thought this was really good. I really quite enjoyed it. Um, and it had that drama and um, sort of like the passion that El Desperado brings in. Like he had the roses um, just because he, he loves a rose, doesn't he? But um, <laughs> I know I did think this was good and they built it nicely. It's sort of like built in pace um, was sort of my main takeaway from it. And not the, not just a takeaway from this match, but the numero dos is probably the best finisher, like submission finisher going at the minute. I absolutely love it. And it just looks amazing. And um, it was one of those, this was a match that had lots of great visuals and that was one of Suzaki being all uh, contorted up in the um, the numero dos at the finish. But yeah, a very dramatic match and I, I did quite enjoy this one. Absolutely. I do think like the, the thing with the roses is sort of fun because uh, Despe also like brought, you know, a bouquet of roses uh, when he first uh, fought Ibushi back in the day was, of course, uh, Sasaki's former faction mate. So that's like, even if it wasn't intentional, that's a, a nice little connection there. Um, and yeah, I, I personally, like, I don't think Sasaki is like, quote unquote, and objectively good as a wrestler. <laughs> I just personally kind of like him because like I know his story and I sort of appreciate how like, he, he, I can't describe it any other way. He gives divorced uncle energy and he's like, <laughs> I appreciate how pathetic he is. And I mean this in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> All the positives start with, I appreciate how prophetic he is. <laughs> it, that, it's almost actually kind of <laughs> hard to explain how like how many wrestlers I like, I also think are like in character in kayfabe, fucking pathetic. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is it is a match that I think really benefited from this sort of yeah relationship they've built mostly via social media. I think it's a great example of how a match build can happen through means like that, uh, even if the wrestlers, you know, don't have much opportunity to actually see each other. And seeing that sort of friendship uh, between them slowly build uh, over, you know, the, the past year uh, and such. And now seeing it sort of finally culminate in this match that they always wanted, that was that was really nice. I really appreciated seeing that. Yeah, it was another one of those, um, in a way, another moment. And this was like a show... Uh, which had a few nice uh, moments throughout. And it was like, it was great just seeing them in the ring together. Um, like you've said, especially like knowing the story going in um, is a lot, is very helpful for this match. And it's, it's one of those, it works quite nicely. And yeah, Suzaki's not for me. He's just, I, I've enjoyed very few Suzaki matches, but this was one I enjoyed. Um, he When he, he can put his working boots on sometimes and he's quite, he can be um, good. Um, and he was in this match, I thought. It was really enjoyable. And another match that I also thought was really enjoyable on this show was Takeshita returning to DDT, taking on Yuki Ueno. It was less than 15 minutes. It was really energetic, really fast-paced. And my, so my main takeaway was that, that they knew their spot on the card. Like They knew they weren't in the main event. They didn't need to go out there and have a 30-minute match, which they're obviously capable of. But they went out there for less than 15 minutes and they just went hell for leather the spot um the driver on the 
uh, like the rampway was incredible, and yeah, the match was just fantastic. I thought it was really, yeah, energetic. Sort of my word to describe it. If I'm gonna instill it into one, yeah, but it was just a really good match between two really good wrestlers in DDT. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was like aside from the aside from of course the mascot match was my favorite match of the night. Like I really like. We'll come to that, okay. <laughs> Uh, I really like short and fast-paced matches, obviously, um, and that ma- and especially also short and fast-paced matches that have a lot of like emotional story background. And this match was that to a T, right? Like the two of them, they you know they were in the same school. They they known each other since then. Uh, Uno became a wrestler because he saw Takeshita as a wrestler. Uh, and they've always had, you know, that sort of connection, that sort of rivalry right from the start. Um, and seeing this next step in that rivalry, right, was really exciting, especially because, like, even after Takeshi had turned heel, Uena was always like, no, no, he's like, he's still my friend. He's still uh, a member of Sauna Kamina. Um, we have five people, don't forget about that. Like, he... Him, like no matter what, like we're we're so connected, and like seeing Takeshita sort of just like be such a sh- piece of shit to him in this match, um, was was really interesting in that sense. And also, you know, um, seeing Uno's growth from the previous time they faced each other, but also seeing that he still wasn't enough, right? He still couldn't beat him, and so couldn't be like the yeah the person who surpasses him, which maybe one day he will be. But of course, like the main moment for me was like after the match when um, Takeshita um, offered Ueno like his a handshake and Toy Kojima, like the always bully, like little baby boy of Sona Kamina, like fucking went to Takeshita and pushed him back. Like that was that was such a cool moment. Like Toy Kojima going like, no, fuck you, basically. <laughs> that I loved that. That was such a good character moment for him. Yeah, yeah. Takeshita was just so mean in this match. Like, oh my god! Like, I just <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> like, it's hard not to love um, Yuki Ueno anyway. But it's like, we're in the face of someone like Takeshita, someone that important to him, being this mean and nasty is like, come on. No need for that, Takeshita. Come on, you can be a little bit nice sometimes. I know you're supposed to be a heel, but please be not be nice to the pretty men. I think I think that's something he needs to bear in mind. I think he was just getting his anger out that he missed the um, the oh, what's it called the blood and guts match for um, for like a middle of the card match in DDT. I mean, I don't know how pleased he was about that. Um, been replaced by Pack in that. It's um, another match I've not seen. I've just there's no time <laughs> in the world when you're watching every G One match. God, Jamie, have you watched any wrestling this month? Well, if we can call some of those G One matches wrestling, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that's. I mean, it shows you how much I what. That's it for the show for me. That they're the three matches I've seen. Um, but there was some other great stuff on this show. From what I've heard, uh, Mao defeated 
Takamishinoku. There was a tag match that sounds amazing of Akiyama and Shigehiro Irie against Harishima and Yukinai, which just sounds great. Cage match doesn't like it, but I, I disagree. <laughs> Um, I've not seen it, but I, 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 I will not believe that match wasn't good. You've not seen it, but you know they're wrong. It has to be good. I, 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 that's one I do want to watch. And there was um, the KOD six-man tag team titles change hands as uh, Eruption took the titles. Um, but most importantly for Kay, there was the big mascot match with um, all sorts of stuffed costumes and weird it really i saw pictures of it and i thought that's enough for that for me uh okay did, uh, did you watch it yeah and i really appreciated the moment where uh andresa giant panda not of course to be confused with andre the, 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 the giant i'm ruining my own jokes by stuttering <laughs> I, 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 to be fair uh, i don't think it will be confused with andre the giant <laughs> i mean you'll be doing well um, I like I know he's a parody of Super Strong Machine, but every time because he's the green mask, I always like want to say Strong Machine J, but no, it's Super Sasadango Machine. <laughs> um, he Andre Andreza, the giant panda ate Super Sasadango Machine, and I think that was like the highlight of the entire show. <laughs> Pardon? What? <laughs> I think he survived, but he did eat him. <laughs> I think he survived. I'm good. I've not seen it now. <laughs> I've got like a, I've got like an unnecessary dislike of that super Sasango machine blow. I just don't like him. So I, I'm good. I've missed that. Look, <laughs> oh maybe Chris Brooks winning the title wasn't the biggest feel good moment of the show for you, man. Maybe he's struggling to crack the top five at this rate. <laughs> Like in addition to that match, something we should also mention, right? With uh, Eruption winning the six-man titles, like that is, you know, one of the people who won those titles was Saki Akai, who will be retiring in November, and she'll also be challenging. Like there'll be um, DDT six-man versus uh, All Japan six-man match. Like she'll be challenging for those. And like I just want to say, I'm all for Saki Akai just winning every fucking title before she retires. <laughs> It would be very DDT, wouldn't it? To just have, like, just give her the world title on her way out. And just, like... <laughs> Do we know why she's retiring? This is this is something that I'd seen it, but I was I'm, I was quite confused by it. Do we, as she oh. said, why? Oh, she, she just mentioned that she basically wants to retire before her body is, like, so banged up that she's, you know, going to have a really bad time when she's older. <laughs> Um, yeah. Like she, um, I do remember that, like, as a, she she mentioned in one of her interviews that, like, one of the older DDT wrestlers asked her if she's getting married, and she actually got kind of pissed at that <laughs> uh, because, like, she was like, "You wouldn't ask a guy that if he was retiring." So, like, I, I like, it doesn't have to do anything with that sort of thing. She, like, she just wants mm. to, you know, go out while she's still healthy and, you know, continue running her beauty salon and, you know, start the rest of her life, basically. I think that's more than admirable. Yeah, that's the sort of reason you almost want to see someone retire. It's nice to see someone kind of go out on their own. Oh, I've forgotten the word, but you know, go out on their on own, own terms. Any of those work. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to see someone be able to make that choice and go, you know what, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. I want to step back and 
this this is enough now. I've done enough, and I'm quite happy to step back and put my health first as well. You don't, you know, it is sometimes difficult to watch those older wrestlers who have been around for ages and they didn't take that step back when maybe they should have to protect their health. And you look at them now hobbling around with negative knees and stuff, and it's like, uh, it's, you know, it can be hard to watch sometimes. So it's nice to see a wrestler, you know, put their health first and you know it's just wrestling at the end of the day you you don't need to live with such pain for the rest of your life you know you can still have a good career and look after yourself in the process so I'm I'm glad she's you know doing the healthy choice I think that's good absolutely yeah it's probably the the sensible thing to do and maybe she shouldn't be the only one that does it in a way that's it may be it was something that'll um so sort of like get a few heads thinking and maybe it was something we'll see more of but um that's sort of it for the the ddt wrestle peter pan show um so we'll move on now to the sort of like the big match of the month um of katsuhiko nakajima taking on Kento Miyahara, One Night Dream, Noah build it as, uh, on July 15th. And One Night Dream was probably the apt uh, description of this match because it was the absolute epitome of a dream match and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's a, it's a dream match. It's, you, you know, the start of this year, you know, it's the sort of thing I'm thinking to myself like oh god can you imagine a parallel universe where that happens <laughs> like this isn't one that's going to happen in this one can you imagine if they did and then here we are seven months later and it's happened and you know such a match like this where there's so you know you you've hoped for it and you've dreamed about it for so long it could very easily underwhelm so to then be able to go there and like exceed expectations and be absolutely fantastic as it was that's such a good feeling and i'm so glad that it's lived up to it and yeah it was just a such a phenomenal fantastic match yeah and it's one for me that because of that bastard g1 that we'll get on to um <laughs> it's another one i did not see live and i'd not seen the result actually when i got around to watching it but i'd seen that a lot of people were going, it's one of the best matches of the year. And you know, when you've got that in your mind, if the match, even if it's great, you're going to come out and say, oh, it was all right. But mm, You need an absolute, absolutely earth-shattering when it's got that kind of hype around it. Yeah. I mean, and for me, it, it delivered on the expectations. And like the expectations were through the roof and it this match leapt through them. And um, it just, the way I, I described it, it's just special. I mean, that was like the one word I could use for it. It was... It was so physical, and Nakajima's just an absolute master. And he waited with the bow foul, obviously, but the way Nakajima, he just he, he kept looking down the camera, and I thought that just told a story of like how he's he's got that bit of a cockiness compared to um, Miyahara, uh, which is takes from doing. Um, but the way because it was, <laughs> but the commentary sort of sold it really well um, on the uh, the No English feed where they were talking about. Uh, Nakajima being that one year older, being that senior, the senpai to Miyahara, and Miyahara had never beaten him before. Um, and the way they told that story of like Nakajima just having that cockiness and that swagger of like, I know I'm better than he is. Um, 
and I thought they'd told that story really well throughout. And Namir Hara just being so desperate to win um, and sort of prove that he is on the same level as um, his senior. Um, and the crowd was unbelievable. That's, that was one of my main takeaways of the way the crowd would just, I mean, it was a Noah card, but there were so many old Japan fans in there. And they were all, you had the Miyahara, Nakajima chants all the way through. Um, and it was, yeah, just a great story and a really, really great match. And it's one of those that you'll come to the end of the year and it'll be one that sticks in your mind just because of how special and meaningful it was. Mm. Yeah, it's like, you know, these yeah, these matches don't come along often. It's a really interesting, fascinating and special dynamic to have with, you know, these split crowds and this such long-term and genuine real emotion going into the storytelling and you know we we know that nakajima and miyahara are absolutely beyond sound in the ring they're fantastic talents and then to be able to put that together and then go out and have a match with such emotion such feeling in it that it's very nice to be able to get that to come through in your match as well so they deserve absolutely all the praise they can get for this match they've totally just smashed it out of the park and I'm so happy they did. Yeah, that's definitely isn't it? They was it just delivered even at the highest of highest expectations. And so they I just thought it, they felt like they were like entering a war. They were like warriors against each other. They were so they both like sold it as being they were so desperate to win that match. Um mm. and they've said it's it one of those things as well because there's like there's not major you know, it's not a title match or anything. This is just a match. It's just a yeah. match purely based on grudge and feeling. So, but to that, that they can communicate that there is those stakes. You don't need other things around it to put in it to put in those stakes. They can convey that and show that themselves. And I think that's a testament to just how talented they are as wrestlers. And sometimes they're the best matches, aren't they? You, sometimes you don't need a title. And if, even if there is a title on it, the matches that stick in your mind are the ones that have a story and a meaning behind them. And yeah, this is the absolute epitome of that. Um, it's honest. It, it, if you haven't seen it, if no one's, uh, anyone hasn't seen this match, just go out of your way to watch it because it is, of this month, for me anyway, the best match of the month. And there's been some there's been some good matches, admittedly. Um from a lot of different companies, and it's definitely one that will stick throughout the uh, the rest of the month and into the um, like the, the rest of the year, and it'll be on those match of the year ballots come the end, um, just because of how special and meaningful it is. Um, definitely one uh, to check out, and that's sort of that was that was it for now, wasn't it? They've not done anything else this month um, of interest. Uh, Jake Lee's not had a obligatory title defense, unfortunately. No, he um, hasn't. It's, as much as I dislike I, I the match, nice rest from hearing your utterly correct. Not correct, the opposite <laughs> of correct. <laughs> awful opinions regarding the artist known as Jake Lee. The uh, got an artist as well. God, I'm I'm not good at words, but he's very good, and you should <laughs> you should accept that. But I am also glad that we don't have a match from his this month, so I don't have to listen to you not accepting it. See, as much as I dislike the matches, I love the conversations about them. So it's like <laughs> a catch twenty two. It's like I, I don't want to watch it, but then I also I want to have the conversation about it afterwards. So it's, <laughs> you can't uh, wait I, for I, me I to, to hear me tell you you're wrong. You yes. don't know what you're talking about. 
it's all for the audio. It's all for the audio. <laughs> um, hopefully next month we'll have one. I'm not too sure uh, what the schedule's looking like. Um, I guess the other thing we to got, mention... We've got um, N1 coming up as well, don't we? Oh, so Christ, forgot about that. I'm not watching the N1. I'm committed to the G1, but the N1 is Bro, not come happening. On, we've, we've flown in Saxon Huxley, all right? Exactly. Got, <laughs> please. They can, you if they fly him out, the I might watch it. <laughs> And who's the other lad? They've got they've got another big American lad in, haven't they? Probably Blake. <laughs> Summit Blake. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll consult the uh, the no website, but yeah, it's it's. Adam I mean, Brooks, that's, he's coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, is, as um, as I sort of navigate to that, the thing I was going to bring up was uh, it's not well September September seventeenth, but they've announced Marafuji against Will Osprey um, for Marafuji's anniversary show and then that is something to get eyes on Noah. Yeah, goodness me. That's that's a that's a big match that is. That's I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be good. That's gonna be good. Like Marafuji can go and there's not many people in the world right now who can go like Will Ospreay goes. So that's that's gonna be a belter and that like you say it's gonna bring a lot of eyes on Noah as well. He's Will Ospreay is a big name right now. That's that's a good match to put on. Yeah. By the looks of it, the um, the N1 victory starts on the 6th of August. Um, so that is something to watch if you are lacking sleep. You're not far know. off um, from getting your Jake Lee fix again. Yes. And there's a lot of Jake Lee, isn't it? It's like six Jake Lee matches. It's, I mean, what more could you ask no, for? You're spoiled. You're going to love it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so ho- I mean, we might talk about that next month. We're, the slight pickle is we're, we're, we're all, well, we're both us, uh, me and you, Ben, are at the um, the Wembley show for AW. So that we, maybe we'll miss Jake Lee month next month as well. Um, but, uh, when Jake no, Lee's involved, we can find a way, all right? Let's, let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves here. No well, worries, I will watch it for you. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll podcast from, from the concourse in Wembley. That's so amazing. Um, I, yeah, I, but I, I think if we just had a whole part, a whole um, podcast of just Kay talking about Jake Lee, I think that would be fantastic content, and I, <laughs> I think that's the route to go. Yeah, I mean, it'd save it'd save us some work, wouldn't it? Just sit back and listen to <laughs> some Jake Lee. I mean, really, if you think about it, Jake Lee as a character represents the inner struggle. <laughs> <laughs> We go, look, we're getting Jake Lee Law now. <laughs> this is what we want. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I've talked a lot about the G1 already, so I thought now I'll I'll, I'll rattle through my, my G1 takes. Um, at time of recording, we've had six uh, G1 shows, and they've all been amazing, um, <laughs> barring, like, two, I think. Um yeah, so we've had six shows so far. I think by the time this has come out, there'll be like 15, probably. Um, I think it'd be more likely to be two. There's one on uh, <laughs> Tuesday and probably one on Thursday as well. Uh, but so far for me, on day four, my match of the tournament is Aaron Hanare, or just Hanare, he's going by now, against Shingo Takagi. For that genuinely uh, one of the best matches I've seen Um in a, in a good while, and it was up there, uh, not quite on the level of that. Um, Miyahara Marafuji, uh, Miyahara Marafuji. <laughs> careful, Jamie, oh, careful. god, it's all gone wrong. Miyahara Nakajima match. We talked about that's that, there's a lot of similar names there, isn't there? Um, 
not quite on that I'm level, just, but my yeah, match of the G one. I mean, it was good. It was good. Let's not let's not be putting the primal bro on the same level as the the, the best of the best here, all right? <laughs> the what? The primal what? The primal bro. Is that what they're calling him then? You, oh, Jamie, his... mate, you need you need to get in on your Hanare lot. Yeah, that's the right? <laughs> I, I, I saw Kevin. I saw Kevin Kelly taking the like a bit of a tribal chief sort of a gag with it. Um, it's, it's it's unfortunately not just in caveman. <laughs> like he legitimately wants to be seen that way. He, he's the primal bro, right? <laughs> he's, a primal, he's a bro. What those things mean, I'm not entirely sure, but I think he's I, I, a primal I bro. Think so like the, I think he it means he's because it's because he's sort of self that sort of like stone age diet to make you big and masculine and over. <laughs> <laughs> you sound just way. like him as well. That's a great impression. <laughs> I was unfortunately uh, too busy to watch that one because I was watching King of Gate instead. So uh, I'm gonna have to defer to your expertise. Yes, we will Shameful come to the King of Gate. Shameful. Probably the right decision, but we will come to the King of Day, uh, King of Gate later on. Um, Yes, but the, yeah, that, this was my match of the tournament uh, so far, at least. Uh, Shingo Takagi and Hanari. Hanari's got a new name. He's going by just Hanari now, and he's got um, he got really arsy with people saying it was a new look. But he's got a he doesn't look the same as he did before the G1. He's got yeah, last um, time I watched Hanari, he did not have like a big tattoo on his face. And yes, and I will shorts? try and yeah, I think the shorts. I think they've changed, but he's had the shorts for a while. But the uh, I'm trying to find the name for it, but it's something to do um, the Matora, I think it's called. It's it's to do with his uh, his heritage, um, where the yeah. where he's from. Um, I mean, it's very it's a very striking. Um, it's like a ta- if people haven't seen it. It's a um, it looks like a tattoo. It's round um, his face, uh, like the bottom half of his face, really. Um, and he looks really menacing with it on, and that's sort of like he it's really played into his uh the way he's working if he's just been more brutal um in this G one. And this match was the epitome of that with it's just really brutal and a, a proper battle um between the two of them and they always bring something extra out of well Takagi always brings something extra out of Hanari and there's lots of headbutts in this match. I thought that was um I do like a good headbutt exchange, even if it's probably ill ill informed. But it was um, I thought quite a very good match, really. Um, and it stands out for me. I don't know if does it make does it stand out for you, Ben, from the matches you've seen in the G1? Um, it stands out as one of the matches I have seen in the G1. That's <laughs> it's helpful, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I had a pretty good time with it. Um, like you say, Shingo Takagi has a knack for getting a bit extra out of people, and you know, he's one of those. He's gonna cook. You put him in a ring. He's gonna cook, and he did. And like, like you were saying about um, Hanare and his being a bit more brutal now. I think you know, there's not really many people on the New Japan roster who is better to pair that up with than Shingo Takagi. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was sort of like it's the perfect storm for him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've. I wouldn't say I've watched enough G1 to call it my match of a tournament, but it's. It's up there at the very least. Well, I have, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, the 
so the other two I've got, so I mean, my star ratings, I had that one at 4.5. Uh, I've got a couple matches at 4.25. Uh, the first of those being from day two, Shingo Takagi again. Here he is. He's, he's had a fantastic tournament already. Him against Eddie Kingston. It was a great match. It was really what you would expect. Eddie Kingston's first G1 match. And it was really rough and physical. And it felt like the those old, like the classic Puro matches of just two big lads hitting the absolute hell out of each other. Mm. And it was exactly what you'd expect and exactly what you wanted from those two. Um, and it was like the perfect way to introduce uh, Kingston into this G1. Uh, mm. And I mean, a nice kickstart for him. You do often get um, an old school feeling in Eddie Kingston matches. I think that, you know, that's kind of his thing. That's kind of what he's going for. He makes it no secret how heavily inspired he is by you know, the wrestlers of the past. So, you know, he, he does bring a really good old school vibe with him. And it's, yeah, again, pairing with Shingo Takagi, why not? It's a fantastic way to start. And they absolutely smashed it. I was so happy with this match. It was good fun. I'd probably say this one for me, possibly, was a little bit... I probably enjoyed this one more than the Hanari match, but I only like subtle differences, maybe. And I think I just generally find a kingston a bit more interesting so you know i'm already a bit higher on both of the wrestlers in this match rather than just for one so but yeah it was very very it was good. definitely good wasn't it yeah it was one of it those was... that'll in sort of the g1 if it'd be in 20 minute time limit and that is something i'll i'll come to in a minute um that it definitely it's helped in a match like this it really it felt an urgency um mm. which i thought helped it and the other match i sort of have on that the, the upper pedestal would be uh, from day five. Yes, day five uh, of Okada against Taichi. And it was, I really enjoyed it. It, it came, when they came out, um, the way they started it, Okada came out and hit uh, the tombstone and, excuse me, tried for the Rainmaker straight away. Um, and it was sort of like a lovely change of pace for Okada because you don't see that from him. He's usually like a slow, methodical, get going for five, ten minutes, and then it explodes. But, um, and he really, really has like a, a formula and a, a style he likes to stick to. He, yeah. he doesn't often deviate from his usual game plan. So it is, it is exciting when he does kind of change it up a bit like that. Yeah, and I thought that made this match exciting from start to finish. Uh, and he's got great chemistry with Tachi. I don't know on paper you probably wouldn't say they have they would have great chemistry, but they they do. They've had great matches for years now, and this is another one to add to their list uh, under that twenty minute mark, and really pacey and back and forth. And Tachi got a lot of offense in, which was nice to see. And they it was quite an even battle. And obviously uh, by the end of Carter showed so that dominance that he has um, over Tachi. But it was a lovely, a really lovely match that one. Um, so they're like my three to pick out from the many thousands of G1 matches um, so, so far. Um, but on sort of like people to pick out, maybe I think Ren is having a great tournament. That that A block has been great so far. We ignore Chase Owens' existence. Um, <laughs> Sh- Rumino has been fantastic. Ren has been fantastic. You know, Suji as well. Sonada's been... Piccolo. Oh, I mean... Legend that match on the main of the main event of night one of the G1 Sonata against Hikaleo. Who the hell has booked that? I mean, <laughs> I saw it, it followed Taichi Will Osprey in Taichi's hometown, and the crowd it, they were a bit quiet at the start. <laughs> Did you not know that? 
I didn't know. Oh, whose idea was that? The, the semi-main event in Taichi's hometown was Taichi against Will Ospreay, and the crowd was absolutely great for it. And then Sonada and Hikaleo walked out, and they it was like it went down like a fight in church. It was unbelievable. Um, oh, yeah, very very I, poor decision. I do not get the thought process behind that. There's no, like I know Sonada's champ, but come on, can we apply some logic here? <laughs> and uh, Sonada called Taichi out in his post-match to the Just Five Guys where he, this is hometown speech at the end. He's like, have you been the main event? I don't, this is so unnecessary. Um, oh, God, it's just awful. creating extra steps here. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, just yeah, that, that... Giddle's master plan. <laughs> <laughs> if that's Giddle's master plan, I don't want to understand it. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's too much Hikaleo if it is in his master plan. Okay, it works in mysterious ways, all right? Yeah. If he's got a plan, he's got a plan. I'm... No, I'm not willing to trust this. This is New Japan we're talking about, actually, isn't it? Yeah, no. Yeah, but that, that A block has been great. Uh, of the, the, the three musketeers, the new three musketeers of UNO, Narita, and Suja, they've all been great. All their matches are worth watching. Kiyomiya, as well, has been fantastic. Uh, Okada obviously in B block uh, and Will Ospreay and Taichi have all been doing well Yoshihashi as well, he always seems to come out in these um, these G1s come out of the woodwork and have some great matches and uh, sort of the matches come a bit more thin as you go into the C and D block Ishii, Takagi, Kingston have obviously all been great, I- I've really enjoyed Hanare's tournament so far um, Zach Sabre Jr's not had his match with Tanahashi was great from the the opening weekend, but he's not really had the opponents since then. So hopefully when he mixes it up with some people more suited to his style, he can uh, come through and like be given a chance to have some better matches. Um, yeah, but that's um, sort of like the good side of it. But there is, there's plenty to complain about. I won't sort of wax lyrical about my hatred of Shane Haste and his stupid top hat. Um, it's, it's the most, it's like, if you saw it and like the said oh in the bingo hills, if, if you saw that in like the community center or like in the um in like the camps in like at Butlins or something, he looks like he works at <laughs> Butlins. He's got I don't it, maybe that doesn't translate to like the non-British people in uh, who are listening, <laughs> but it's like Butlins is like the holiday camp, uh, and it's like the family holiday camp. You go in the summer. Um, he looks like he works there. He has this like weird jacket on and a massive bright orange top hat. He looks an idiot and his wrestling's not much to look at either. Um, Mikey Nichols as well, that on the opening weekend, he almost killed Hanare. Like he, he, some sort of, I don't know what went wrong. It's hard to blame either one of them, but he like, it was meant to be some sort of, it looked like a vertical spike, suplex sort of looking thing. And he just dropped him on his head, like square on the top of his head. Mm. Um, not ideal. Um, and yeah, I don't think Mike Anissos has quite recovered from that because it's been a very poor showing um, so far from him uh, and Shane Hayes. It's not really been... Maybe they're just not my cup of tea, but stick to the tag work, lads, probably. Um, yeah, they're not quite Aussie open, are they? No, no, definitely not. They're not, I mean, they're not quite, I don't know, G.O.D., to be honest with you. So, <laughs> um, I mean, and G.O.D., they've had their own problems. Tangelo has been awful in this G1. I watched his opening match with Kenta and thought that's enough of that. I'm not watching you wrestle again this tournament. Um, just for so like my lack of sanity of deciding to watch the G1, but I have the slight sanity of skipping the Tangaloa matches. 
Um, but yeah, it's been a bit of an up and down tournament as expected. Uh, with sort of the, the some great wrestlers and some young wrestlers, but a lot of fluff in the in the G1 this year. Um, but it is helpful that the matches are restricted that twenty minute time limit because, with the exception of Evil, it's forcing people to get a move on. And even if the match isn't going to be great, it's not going to last too long. Um, Evil will probably be the last person I talk about in this that he's been awful. On uh, the last G1 match I've seen from uh, the night six main event, it was him and David Finlay, and I described it on Twitter as a complete waste of time. And that is as much as I have to say about that match. Um, it was just... I could have told you that without even watching it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd watched the whole show, and I thought, well, I have to watch it now because I'm sat here and I've watched Might as well two and a half stay hours. for a bit of evil. Yeah, well, exactly. I thought, well, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? But... <laughs> They both had like uh, so. David Finlay came out with Gado and Gabe Kidd. Uh, I think it was Gabe. Yeah, it was. I think uh, no Alex Coglin for reasons. Um, and then Evil came out with Dick Togo and Show and somebody else. I forgot. Uh, maybe probably Udrow, wasn't it? Um, so yeah. And then th- there was two extra refs at ringside. So all the ref bumps you could ever wish for. Because um, if one referee to keep getting hit wasn't enough, there was three of them in this match, and they kept getting knocked oh, down. Uh, low blows galore, and like the Dick Togo Garrett thing, and spanners and wrenches, and honestly, the worst. It 15 sounds minutes. like they've just gone. What sucks about evil matches? And then when they've got their answer, they just decided to do even more of it than they were before. Yeah, would that Is be that, an accurate uh, way of describing it? Probably, yeah, and it's that it's that Big Bang Theory sketch of uh, that when Sheldon was asking for um, money from the university to do work, and he just keeps saying double down, double down, because he wants more and more, and that seems how like they were booking this match, and it was like oh, a couple of rest bumps, no, double down, no, no, keep going, keep going, we want more and more and more, and I don't, it just never ended, and I think my eyes sort of glazed over, and I, I probably should have stuck some eyes above my eyelids to watch this match. It would be more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, really, really poor. Um, but the G1 as a whole, it's been, there's been some really, when they, when it's been good, it's been really, really good. And when it's been bad, it's been very bad. And that's sort of how I feel about the G1. It's been very, a topsy-turvy experience so far. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're going to get that from the field. There's some people in that field who should not be there. And it's as simple as that. And they're not having good matches. Whereas the people who should be there are having very good matches, and that's um, that is the way of it. Um, sort of like the lay of the land with the G1 um, so far. So we'll see how our predictions go along. Naito probably still going to get through and win. There's no, there's nothing to sort of sway you away from that so far. Um, it sounds yeah, to me like in classic New Japan fashion, it's going exactly the way you expect it to. Yes, and it's it's classic New Japan fashion, but classic, not classic 2023 New Japan fashion because it's they've been very unpredictable this year, and yeah, that unpredictability <laughs> seems to have been used up by the time they got to this G1. It can um, only last so long. Well, yeah, there's been lots of like surprise results, but like by the end there'll be uh, the familiar faces will be there, and there's been lots of draws. There are some which have things been... you can just see coming from a mile away, and you could see that this was going to be a lot of bluff and a lot of kind of just meh and nothing to write home about and then yeah i mean yeah, and okay. i said that on the way in and yet i'm still watched it so maybe you it's still my watched own it. it's incredible i'm yeah. 
I admire your dedication to Gator. I'm sure he will reward you well for <laughs> for your loyalty. I, I'm sure he won't, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kay has probably made the better decision than I have. She, uh, they've watched a different tournament. They've watched the uh, King of Gate, and uh, I'm sure you've had a much better time than I have watching the duo. Mm, I mean, if in fairness, King of Gate also had its usual decisions, but it's King of Gate, right? Like when when Punch Tominaga won, like in the first round against BB Hulk. I, for context, Punch Tominaga is like, I, I guess it. I mean, it, I wanted to make a connect, like the the a connection to like Yuji winning, but like that's happened before Energy won. <laughs> um, <laughs> Punch Dominaga eliminated BB uh, Hulk, and that was that was very funny. But like with Dragon Gate, I'm sort of more used to some of the just being like some of the fucking decisions just being fucking bizarre. So I was like expecting it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there was some some pretty good matches uh, as usual i um i am really interested in who they're gonna have win right because like one thing that's good about dragon gate tournament is that they they don't have like a lol okada wins equivalent like it is pretty different like who wins every year and like some people think like this year might be a uh, big boss shimizu's turn and that's kind of interesting well, that's that's something i'm kind of looking forward to um, but you know we're gonna have to see whether he makes it past uh, Kikita, who is the main champ uh, in the semifinals. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like as a tournament, I think it's okay. What I like about it better than uh, you know from <laughs> what I've seen of the G1 is that it's elimination style. So you know if there's a wrestler like Punch Tominaka, <laughs> you don't have to see him in too many matches. Like you, you only have to see him until he gets eliminated. <laughs> and, and then that, like that's. Punch is a fine comedy wrestler. I don't want to slander him. Just <laughs> that, that is something I appreciated about it. Though I do think that like the bigger Dragon Gate thing obviously was, you know, COVID for Wrestling Festival, uh, which happened towards the beginning of this month, and which we sort of previewed last month. But yeah, that that happened. Yeah, that it was. Happened. <laughs> is, that, is that as much as we're getting on that? It happened. <laughs> I didn't um, want to. I didn't want to influence your opinions on it. <laughs> are, are, are we? Are we letting Ben go first? Is that the? Um, yeah. So we talked about it last month. The cage match that I, I definitely found time to watch with all my G one watching. <laughs> um, luckily, Ben did. So um, Ben, I'm sure has got some, like a, a non Dragon Gate take about it. Yeah, I I did get to watching that match specifically i didn't get to watching the rest of the show but i have watched that one and it seemed yeah with the mask um diamante has a nice face um, <laughs> i'm happy with that i i like his face i was very worried i wasn't gonna like his face he's got a lot of nose but apart from that <laughs> love his face very nice Just a lot of nose <laughs> That is such a rude thing to say. Let me find a picture. I'm, so, I'm assuming I'm he's that who that's who lost the match then, yeah? Yeah, if, if people were worried about spoilers, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, it, it was that. a while ago. You should have caught up by now. What are you doing? Watching the G1? That's your problem. Yeah, don't watch the G1. What are you doing? <laughs> Go and look at Diamante's face. <laughs> There's priorities here. <laughs> 
There are some very pretty pictures of him on Ultimate Dragon's Instagram account. Just that is a lot of Noah's Ben. You are correct. <laughs> it is also a lot of hair. Excuse me? It is a lot of hair, yeah. but the, hair, the hair's nice. I like the lot of hair. Looks like a, a rugby player. Don't be mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he gone through enough? <laughs> I'm complimenting his hair and the rest of his face over here, all right? <laughs> the rest of his face. <laughs> I'm sorry. It <laughs> does look like a rugby player, actually. The podcast would like to formally apologise to the Amartin. <laughs> <laughs> at least we have our title like... of He Looks Like a Rugby Player. We, <laughs> Do don't I mean, say who. Diamante, I mean this in a nice way. It's like the way in which uh, Daisuke Sasaki is pathetic, okay? I mean this in a nice way. <laughs> Complimenting you a lot of nose. It's good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the main, the main takeaway from the stage for you. It's Diamante's nose. <laughs> How was the actual match, though, okay? I'm sure you've got some more some in-depth thoughts on uh, on the match rather than just Diamante's nose which... yeah, sorry, my, my thoughts really don't I mean I watched it it was good I enjoyed it and um, beyond that my main focus was just what what's Diamante's face doing what's going on there um I think it was like a very a very good match like I I was freaking out over the course of the whole thing right because again, as I mentioned before, uh, Dragon Gate booking can be a bit unpredictable. The last time we had a cage match, uh, there was also like, I figured that like Diamante was the likeliest uh, to do this match uh, entirely because uh, I calculated that the guy who had the most rumors about him being handsome would probably be the likeliest. Um, but um, I was still not sure because like the last time we had a match like that, Everyone thought that like Daya and Thurna was would absolutely lose this match, but then it was Dragon Daya, the guy who had like nobody had expected because he's the successor of like a super famous wrestler, right? So I was like, what if they swerve us again? Um, and I was really scared throughout the match. Like I, I'm happy that they got Ultimo out early. I thought it was like a bit like a bit half funny, half sad that like. Dragon Kid, who himself is 47, had to help him climb the cage and then climb down the cage and go out the door because he couldn't climb down the other side. Uh, but, but him getting out early and then Dragon Kid, who again is 47 also, uh, getting out next, I think was really good because like those two were basically the least likely to lose their masks anyway. Um, and so, you know, you could wrap up like get the tension higher to sort of see like who between the remaining ones is gonna lose his mask. Um, and I mean the, yeah, the section between like, you know, where Diamante and Sean beat the shit out of SMJ was, uh, went on for a bit long. And uh, poor SMJ did like apparently carry off some injuries uh, out of this match and has to, you know, recover currently. But he did, uh, he did make it out. He did sort of complete his part of the story and then like the, the moment where where Diamante was about to escape and like he looks back and he sees Shun being in trouble and he goes back it was like the moment where I was like, no, <laughs> he doesn't deserve you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like the, the 
match was Diamante and Sean being left in the cage and uh, them like being absolutely devastated. Like Diamante was just shaking his head and Sean was, I think, crying. Uh, and like in the end, Sean was like, okay, go, you know, I'm staying in here. But then you like, you see him while Diamante is climbing, um, you see Sean sort of hold his head and you see him sort of agonizing over the decision he's just made. And I was just like, fucking god damn it <laughs> yeah and as i figured at the last second he jumps up uh, climbs all the way behind diamante and fucking like pulls him back down and then he betrays him and like beats the shit out of him and ties him to the ropes by his mask and makes him watch as he escapes the cage and it like it, it was wonderfully fucked up because right like diamante was the last friend he had he was like the last person who could sort of rein him in and last person who still loved him also. <laughs> and he just fucking like removed sort of the, the yeah, the last buffer there was <laughs> sort of between him and total fucking unhingedness. So <laughs> I'm slightly worried. I'm also slightly worried about like America because he's going there <laughs> this fall. Mm. The, uh, the words last person that's kind of keeping him in check is a little bit concerning. <laughs> I don't like yeah. the idea of Shun Skywalker unleashed, completely untethered. That's, that's, yeah. that's a bit of a terrifying prospect. We, we saw a bit, like, a bit of that when um, Yuya Uemura uh, like, um, brought him on Twitter, where he was like, I, I want to fight you. And Shun was like, I replied with, I want to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, took it in stride. He's there's, a, been, there's been I, a lot of wrestler eating on the podcast today. Sean <laughs> <laughs> versus and with a giant panda is the is the true end game here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might get a Peter complaint for animal cruelty for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a fantastic match in terms of storytelling. I think it's like um, if I sort of compare it, right? Because I also watched like Blood and Guts recently. If I sort of compare it to that, it sort of really represented to me the different kind of philosophy that Dragon Gate takes towards cage matches. Because cage matches in Dragon Gate like are big, big storytelling moments. Like there's always some sort of big stipulation. It's a, like the basis is supposed to be the emotions of the wrestlers as they sort of try to protect whatever the stipulation is about. Um, and yeah, often also, you know, the bonds in, you we were in units and it wasn't different in this one, right? The story of Sean Diamante. Uh, and the way that the, the format of the match and also the, you know, the way it was filmed, the way the wrestlers played it was sort of conducive to that, that like, the core of the match isn't the spectacle of the cage, isn't the violence, but it's the emotions of the wrestlers and their motivations. And I think that was really nice in this match. I think that's something that sort of Dragon Gate does really well of the like what I've seen of it as well. Of it's just the emotion and the story that is sort of the main, uh, the focus in a way. And that's it's great to see that in a match like a big stipulation match, that the grounding is the story, and that's the important part. Uh, and it sounds great. Hopefully, it is one I'll be able to watch retrospectively. Um, yeah, under it's the... something that gets lost a lot in stipulation matches these days, I think, actually, because you do find that they sort of just happen for the sake of happening. I'm not, you know, not to point any fingers at a specific promotion in America that's very 
popular and famous and very, very rich that has, you know, runs various stipulations on a yearly basis because that's what the calendar says and there's no actual point to it in the story. As so they have their very... fourth Hell in the Cell match of the night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are we surprised they've lost their magic? Who could have seen that coming? So it is good that Dragon Gate seems like a promotion that just does things very intelligently. They are smart. They they know how to put on a good show and do a good product. You know, they know how to tell a good story. They know how to do just good things and good wrestling and what you want in a promotion. Because, we, you know, we do outside of this, we often watch things where we do get frustrated. Like with New Japan, you know, we have all these issues with them. And it's like, Dragon Gate is so refreshing because it feels like it does feel like a promotion where they have their heads screwed on a bit more, which is more than can be said for various promotions around the world. So, you know, it can sometimes feel a bit repetitive to say this about them all the time, but they do really do that quite well. And they should <laughs> always be applauded for it every chance they get because it seems obvious and basic, a basic common sense thing to do. But it's really not in the current wrestling world and wrestling world of the past. So it's it's so nice that they just know how to do things well. I do think that like sometimes, right, they have this sort of I I do like to call it Lucha Libre syndrome because it is kind of like what happens in Lucha Libre a lot. Like sometimes they do have this stuff where it's like, why the fuck is this happening? <laughs> Um, like they're sometimes a bit chaotic. Uh, I think that's like a downside to them. Um, yeah, I mean, but, it is... but it's still like yeah, it's yeah. sometimes like better than what's going on in other places. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is really nice. Like it is a, a promotion that I that I really enjoy watching specifically because of, you know this sort of centering of story, right? And like um, last year. They had when they were alive, which is normally the cage match show came around. They were legitimately like uh, none of our stories are at that point currently where that cage match would be, you know, would make sense. And we don't want to risk or have wrestlers' health and safety for no reason, so we're not doing one this year. And I was like, that should that should happen more often, actually. <laughs> you think that would be the norm, wouldn't you? <laughs> somehow the opposite <laughs> has become the norm. <laughs> Oh, Fantastic, yeah. So it sounds like a great match. Uh, and on top of, uh, would you say it was a good show, Kay, overall? Yeah, I think it, it, like, it wasn't the best show that Dragon Gate has had ever, obviously, but it was definitely their best show since the start of the pandemic, I'd say. Uh, it was a really good show. Like Some matches went on for a bit too short. I think they were saving time for the main event, right? But uh, other than that, I think it was a really good show. One last stop on our uh, Japanese tour, and it has to be all Japan. It wouldn't be a podcast, Ben, without you going to talk about some all Japan. Um, and it's it's a bit cheerier in the all Japan world. Yumo Ayagi is, is the triple crown champion. It is my most outrageous, out there, in boldest prediction I've ever made in my life. Yuma Ayagi won the triple crown this year. Thank you. Thank you for your applause for my immense wisdom. Oh, I did actually get some as well. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. It, it finally happened. It finally happened. Oh, my God. Yumao Yagi won the Triple Crown Championship. He actually did it. The match against Yuji was really good. I really, really enjoyed that. 
it's it, yeah, you, you, the crowd were really invested like they are with Eugene Gart matches at the moment for some reason and it's yeah like he he can go you obviously can go it's you know how you we know this and it's yeah they just went out there put on an absolute banger and then just that ending moment where he actually does it this thing that's been building for ages and ages and ages you know with champion carnival last year and beyond and it's he's finally done it and like you know these things all japan is now at a point where these things we've been counting down for the arrival of yuma aoyagi he's beaten kento he's won the champion carnival he's won the triple crown he's got it he's here he's there he's cooking he's smashing he's doing amazing and i for one am so thrilled to see it and yeah i'm just looking forward to just seeing where he goes with this rain and obviously there's got to be that specter in the distance of at some point him and kento miyahara for the triple crown and uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, and the, these are two wrestlers who wrestled each other a lot with often the same result. So it's very interesting that we're now at a point where like this match is like really interesting as to what could happen with it as well. So yeah, very good over an All Japan match. Over an All Japan match? All Japan land. Go and watch Yuma Aoyagi versus Yuji Nagata and celebrate, rejoice and be happy. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's definitely the like it's a it's a, a feel good story. Um, with Aiwagi finally getting his hands on that. Uh, the triple We've crown had a lot again. of feel good stories this month, but this is yeah, it, it this never is lasts. A big moment as well. It, it feels this feels big. This is he. he this is like yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so gassed. I'm so gassed. No, that sounds great. You can tell how excited you are about it. It's fantastic. That's that's what that's the great thing about it, isn't it? About about wrestling and like as a whole and we can all be excited about different parts of it and it's that it's that feeling you get from it isn't it when something happens that you've been so desperate um for to happen and one of your uh the, the rest of you really like sort of does uh, and gets been that thinking about it for so big. long and we finally reached this point and it's just it's such a euphoric feeling i love it so much yeah, I mean, I'm sure Kojima will be back soon to take the title away. <laughs> <don't> no, but... <laughs> nah, I'm joking. It's it's fantastic, and it's it's it's, it's a step in the right direction for Japan. I know we talked, must be a couple of months now ago, about um like the need for new stars and younger talent in old Japan, and it's mm. it's a step in the right direction putting the title on uh, a fresher face, or at least a younger face of uh Yuma Yeah, and it's the face it really needed to be on. It was. Like I said, especially after Jake Lee left, I was like, right, now is the time. We really have to pull the trigger with Yuma. We really have to move forward with him. And obviously they have other people who are on the rise as well. Um, it's, mm. it's really been a fantastic year for All Japan. They had a bit of a, an iffy champion carnival. But apart from that, they have really risen to the occasion and they're taking steps forward. And they feel like they're really going in the right direction this year. And they are committed to doing so. And um, yeah, this just really solidifies that. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, his first title match, uh, I think it's his first defence, or at least a defence he's got against uh, Suwama coming up. Uh, and that, I think that should be quite an interesting match. You're expecting yeah. to retain quite comfortably. Yeah, he's he defended against uh, Hokuto Mori, and now he's got Suwama, which, like you said, you expect him to def- uh, um, retain it. If he doesn't, well, 
Take it Ooh. all back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't delete this part. The last, <laughs> the last things I've said out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if he does that, but that would be very frustrating if that happened. But I think it's unlikely. I see no logical reason to do it. But since when was wrestling logical? <laughs> well, quite. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, unfortunately, I never say never. Yes, I mean that's what that's the great thing about it, Ben. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, he won't be losing the Tatus for him. I think that's pretty um, secure. I mean, um, you can't do this rain and not like. No, no, it'd be very counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta give him some time with the bat, and you gotta be thinking about Kento as well. You gotta be thinking about where this rain is going, and you, there would, it would go nowhere to. Give him the belt and then put it on Suwama, but you know, all Japan have never given someone a title belt and then very quickly given it away to Suwama. So yes, I am still bitter about Jake Lee losing the triple crown last year. You, you really don't show it, Ben. You can't tell at all. <laughs> I'm glad I'm a pretty good actor, am I? <laughs> <laughs> There's a future there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, but a, a, a nice way to round out um, our podcast for July. Uh, some great um, some great, and some bad for the month, but a nice sort of like we started off with a title change that we were all really excited about and we ended with a title change um, that's in the right direction. That we're all well. really excited about, Jamie. Yes, but, okay. Of course. Yes. Good. Uh, when I have time, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it just, there's so much happens and there's so little time. Um, especially when you're committed to watching Shane Haste <laughs> and his stupid top hat, you don't have time for such great momentous occasions. You just love wrestlers that remind you of Butlins, and you know what? I respect that. Yeah, I mean, but there's also priorities here, right? You it's exactly what I want on a Sunday morning at 9 10 a.m. I want Shane Hayes to come out like a bloody Butlins entertainer, and it's exactly what I want. <laughs> if you know Yaki came out dressed I don't like a red coat, would, would you then go and watch him? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Uh, I think all wrestlers should dress as red coats, most of you. <laughs> Every single one, <laughs> without exception. <laughs> and then we could have a a, 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 a rival. Uh, 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 you are. Every wrestler now works at Butlins. What a fantastic <laughs> idea! And we can have like a rival Pontins faction and a rival Haven <laughs> camp, and it'd be great. It'd be like such a, a fantastic. Um, it's really where we, I mean I, we should make that wrestling promotion. To be fair, the red coats. Butlins <laughs> pro wrestling. Butlins pro wrestling. Any legal trouble there? No, that would definitely go swimmingly. Um, <laughs> but it's been a very busy month, and uh, we've had lots to talk about, which is fantastic. Uh, before we go, Ben, do you have anything uh, for to plug for the people? Um, no. All Japan TV. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we not? Are we back on Twitter? Yet? Are, we, are we on Threads yet? Then um, we're on Neva. <laughs> no, right. We're I on mean... fresh air and touching grass. <laughs> and, and another admirable decision that I should probably be making as well. <laughs> Kay, how about yourself? Um, I just had like speaking of the cage match uh, in Dragon Gate. I just had a, a pretty long interview with Strong Machine J, who was in that cage match, come out for Five Star Network, which I also translated myself. <laughs> um, 
So I would really appreciate if you checked it out. Uh, it has a glowing recommendation from Strong Machine J himself, who said, uh, and I quote, the questions were so good, I think I talked a bit too much. <laughs> That is, that is the way of interviews. Like you always think they've talked too much, but it's, you'd rather that than not enough, wouldn't you? <laughs> and yeah, next time, Strong Machine J will give you one-word answers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can check that out uh, on Five Star Network, uh, and of course, you can check out my Jason Lee interview from a bit longer ago on Wrestle In, uh, and we also have another interview coming up for Wrestle In uh, with a DDT wrestler uh, this time. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, and you can find me, of course, as usual, on ksnkfake.com, where I link all of my articles and occasionally write stuff. Like, most recently, an article about how to recognize machine translation. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, you, you do the really hard work uh, in Kate's direction, because I, I, I mean, I've got a... Uh, I've been working full time this past month, so I've done very little in terms of oh, writing. Um, I'm hoping to have an article out uh, this Friday, so by the time this podcast come out, that'll be yesterday. Um, like talking about my matches of the month. So, I mean, if that has happened, read that. If that hasn't happened, ignore that I just said that. Um, <laughs> if it does happen, you'll find it on my Twitter, which is jjohnson underscore sixteen. I'm yet to jump on the Fred's bandwagon, um, but. By August, who knows? Um, <laughs> most importantly, uh, you can find uh, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestle in uh, a dollar a month. Or, no, I got that wrong. It wasn't a dollar a month, but you can subscribe. You find out there. I didn't do the research again this month. Um, <laughs> but there's lots of new stuff over there. You've got Noob Japan, early access to all of the content, and the Into the Wrestle podcast is still Patreon exclusive. Uh, so head over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle in and you'll find out uh, exactly what you need to do to get that uh, extra uh, really good content there. And you can subscribe to Wrestle In wherever you listen to podcasts for as well as ours. Ace Techers, All Elite Listening, On The Indies, The Ocean Cyclone Show, The Choco Cast, and Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters. There is a podcast for everybody. And... I mean, just not a WWE one, but we don't want one of those. But everybody else, you have a podcast on our <laughs> podcasting network. <laughs> so maybe we need to start a WWE podcast, Ben. So everyone's got a podcast. Oh, we could so do that. It would be like Dominic Mysterio would be the that podcast yes. version of Jake Lee. I can't wait. It's a fantastic idea. Well, I do like Dominic Mysterio. Is this something that's been hidden from me? Oh, massive Dominic Mysterio fan. <laughs> Don't say it too loud, because I, I will find a new co-host if you're Donnie Mysterio. <laughs> that is a bridge too far. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, there's some great podcasts. Uh, wherever you find uh, your podcast, just search Wrestling to subscribe to that. We'll be back at the end of August. It'll be all in Wembley weekend, so there'll be a podcast of some description, whether that is like our usual uh, or something a little bit different. There'll be something out that weekend that you can enjoy as you're on your way to Wembley or as you're on your way around London, whoever you may be doing uh, on the way to Wembley is the uh, the way to go, I hopefully, to see people there. Uh, but thank you all for listening uh, to our July podcast and we will see you again next month.